Amen. Thank you for that song. All right. Well, let's take our Bibles this morning. Let's go to John chapter 11. All right. John chapter 11. And uh, we're going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture this morning, but that's all right. Time is never wasted reading the Word of God. Okay. Hold on. All right. Let's start off strong this morning, people. Okay. Never waste it when you read God's Word. All right. Amen. That's good. All right, wonderful. As most of you know by now, of course you know, most of you, uh, but we're going through the main reason, and here it is, to show who Jesus really is, that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God, that is God come in the flesh, Emmanuel with us. Understand something. Every time you read, we read the miracles of Christ, it points to this fact that Jesus is the Almighty. Revelation 1 and verse number 8. Be reminded of that wonderful truth this morning as we look at another miracle found in the gospel records. Again, here's, here's what John said about these miracles. In John chapter 20, verse 30 through 31, the Bible says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So this is why we have them. So you and I will see who Jesus is, see that he is the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, God in the flesh. That we'll see that, and that truth and that understanding should draw you and me to the conclusion that we need him as our Savior and to believe on him and have life through his name. So again, allow these miracles to bring you to Jesus Christ. Now, as many of you have turned to John chapter 11, I'm sure you're already very familiar with the miracle we're going to look at uh, this morning. It's a very familiar one, uh, no doubt, but it's it's this miracle. It's the miracle of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. But don't let familiarity breed boredom, all right? Don't let that happen. Don't say, oh, man, I've read through this several times, preacher. I've heard messages on this several times, preacher. What are you going to tell us new? Well, listen, there's nothing new under the sun. There can be something fresh from the Lord, all right? So let God's word refresh you this morning, okay, as we look at this miracle of the raising of Lazarus. Now, many people believe and consider this to be the climactic miracle of our Lord's earthly ministry because in this miracle, this miracle could not be denied by his foes. Uh, this miracle could not be silenced by the Pharisees. And this miracle would soon not be forgotten by the people. So this miracle would be considered by many as a climactic, climactic, there we go, I'll get it out eventually, climactic miracle of our Lord's earthly ministry because of everything he did in this portion of Scripture. It's absolutely wonderful. Here's what one preacher said, one commentator said about this. He said, this miracle sheds light into the realm of darkness. It brings life where death reigns and robs the tomb of its terror. This is a wonderful miracle we're going to consider this morning. And so let's look at it today, all right? And as we do, there are many truths. I want you to know, there are many truths we could, we could uh, mine from this treasure trove of a miracle. There's many truths we can look at, many messages we can consider. And we're just going to barely scratch the surface, but there's three in particular that I would like to look at this morning. Three in particular and particular messages I believe the Lord was trying to convey to his disciples and to all those around that surround this miracle in this portion of Scripture. 
And the first message I would like for us to consider from this portion of Scripture is this. Number one, I believe this miracle to be a message of this. A message of trust. Now look at verse number one with me. And we're going to go down through verse number 36. Again, a lengthy portion of Scripture, but never waste it. Reading the Word of God. Time's never wasted. Reading the Bible. But look at it with me. Verse number 1. And we'll go down through verse number 36. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was at Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and, his, and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Uh, I can imagine this probably being Peter saying, Hey, hey, uh, Lord, um, we almost died last time we went, and you want to go back? Are you crazy? Anyway, that's kind of what they're saying, all right? Verse number, verse number 9. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If, if any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. And of course that would be a very accurate statement. He's resting, he's sleeping, that's a good thing. Who here likes rest every now and then? A little sleep, it's good, right? We need it. But that's what they were thinking. But Jesus had to be plain with them, and plain speech is easily understood. Look at verse 13. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, they thought that he had spoken of taking rest and sleep and said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his, uh, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Again, they thought that Jesus was going to go die. They, they were almost killed last time. We're going to die this time for sure. Verse 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God, will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again the resurrection to the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way, called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master has come, and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in a place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose hastily and went out, followed her, saying, 
She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if I was been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused this, that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, coming to the grave, it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? And they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. When he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound, hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound with the napkin. Jesus saith unto him, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. The first message I see from this portion of Scripture is this. Number one, it's a message of trust. Now, as you read in the very beginning of this miracle, of this text, of this passage, one could get the idea that Jesus uh, could be at least insincere, or maybe he was being rude concerning the death of his friend Lazarus. And one may think that because of how long Jesus waited to go help his friends down in Bethany. And if you, are, uh, if you like geography and you just look at Bethany to where, from where Jesus was, that was only about 20 miles. Only about 20 miles. So you could probably do that at this time in, in a day easily. But instead of making that trip in one day at the very first request of these individuals, Jesus waited a couple of more days. And so as you read that and as you think that, one might think, does Jesus not care what's going on in the life of Lazarus, I mean, the Bible says that he loved Lazarus. Even Mary and Martha said, whom thou lovest, he's sick. All these other people that, that uh, were not as close to you as far as like Mary and Martha and Lazarus was, you've helped them, surely. We are buddies, surely. We are good friends, surely. You love us and we love you, surely. You'll help us even quicker than those others. Strangers that you've helped before. Whom thou lovest is sick, come quickly. But he waited a little bit longer. He waited a couple more days. And maybe the, the questions came to their mind as they're waiting for the Lord. A day passed, two days passed, three days passed. And Lazarus died. Maybe their thought for this, maybe the questions they had was this, Lord, do you, do you not care what's going on in my life at this moment? Do not understand the urgency of the hour. Lord, why are you waiting Lord, what are you doing? Anybody ever had those questions before? Maybe you've maybe not voiced them out loud, but in secretly in your heart, you've had those questions. I have. And maybe they had those at this, at this moment. Maybe Mary and Martha had those questions roll through their minds at this, at this moment. 
But understand something. We all need to take note. When we're waiting on Jesus, or rather when Jesus is waiting to work on your behalf, understand it's not because he's lazy, all right? It's not because he doesn't care. It's not because he's insincere. Rather, I believe for this reason he was waiting. Listen, it's for a greater purpose. He waited a couple more days for a greater purpose. And we see this purpose as he stated it several times in the text in which we read. And in verse 4, it says this. The Bible says, it's not the death. Oh, let's look at it. All right, I don't misquote it. Look what Jesus said. When Jesus heard that, heard about the about lads being sick, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Here it is. Here's the purpose. But for the glory of God. In verse 15, he says it this way. To the intent you might believe. Again, in verse 15, he says it this way. He was glad that he wasn't there for their sakes. Listen, there was a purpose behind the waiting. And here's the purpose. One of them. I believe in this chapter, as you read it, you'll find the word, I'm sorry, you'll find the word believe eight times in one form or another. You'll find that word. And remember, when the Bible repeats itself, it's not because what God, uh, God had forgotten what he said. Rather, it's so we don't forget what God is saying. So the word believe here in one form or another, uh, mentioned for us eight times, it is this. It's for this purpose. He's trying to teach us something trying to show us something. He's trying to get a message across to us. And here's the message. It's a message of faith, belief, listen, trust in God. I I think and I believe in this very moment that Jesus wanted to increase the faith and the trust of his disciples in him and the trust of Mary and Martha in him. You see, they have been, no doubt, through some deep waters. Uh, Disciples have been through some deep waters with with the Lord. And their faith has been increased each and every time. But this one's a little bit deeper. And each time, listen, when God leads us into deeper waters, it's not to drown us, all right? But rather to deepen our faith and trust in Him. And I think it's exactly what He's trying to do, is He's trying to deepen the trust and faith of His disciples in him. He was going to do it. He was going to do it with a circumstance that was completely out of everyone's control except his. <laughs> that takes a lot of trust, does it not? It takes a lot of trust. He was going to use a circumstance that was out of everybody's control except for his. Now, let me ask you a question this morning. Who here, be honest now, <laughs> who here likes to be in control. Anybody? All right. That's why I don't like flying because you wouldn't want me to fly the plane. That's why I do like driving. Okay. A lot of times we want to be in control. We want to have the plans planned out. You want to have the, uh, the, 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 the actions planned out, what you're going to do, this, that, and that, and the other. You want everything in their proper place. You know, you want things in, in, in control. I would say that most of us would like to be in control of the details and circumstances of our life. But what happens when those circumstances are out of your control? When things don't go to plan, when folks don't do what you think they ought to do, when when things seem to be crashing around you, what do you do when you find yourself in a situation that's just out of your control? You don't know what to do. What do you do during those moments? You see, during those uncontrollable times as believers, we have a few options. Option number one, you get angry. You can get bitter. And allow that time and that moment, that circumstance to put you, push you further away from God. Which, by the way, that's the devil's intention behind those circumstances of life. 
He'll come and lie to you and whisper in your ear, God doesn't love you. He'll come to lie to you and whisper in your ear, God's far from you. He's not listening to you. He does not care about you. He will lie to you. Understand, he's a liar, all right? But he comes to those lies to push you further away from God. He'll do it in those circumstances of life that are out of your control. Or we can do this. We can stay tender, not allow our hearts to become more hardened and bitter, We can stay tender towards God and allow these circumstances of life to draw us closer to the Lord, which, by the way, that's the intent of the Lord behind those times, of allowing those times to draw you closer to Jesus. And this is exactly, listen, what I'm trying to get to is this. This is exactly what Martha and Mary did. They allowed this tragedy to draw them closer to Jesus. Look at verse 20. Look at it with me, verse number 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Understand at this time she could have, Martha, she could have gotten angry at Jesus. She could have said, Lord, why are you so late? And she even did say later on in verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, if thou hast been here, my brother not died. She said that uh, wholeheartedly, full of confidence, not in a mean, angrily way, but wholeheartedly full of confidence because she has seen in her life the miracles of Jesus Christ where Jesus put his hand upon someone who was sick and healed them. Jesus put his hand upon the blind and healed them. They have seen those things. So she was operating in the things she's already seen. But again, God, the Lord, wanted to grow her faith more than going beyond what she has seen before to something she's never seen before. Growing her faith, all right? Message of trust. But she could have sat there and, and went out and met him and got mad at him and said, Lord, why are, you so, why are you so late? If you had come when we said, he wouldn't have died. Lord, he's dead now. And Lord, it's because of you. It's all your fault. She could have done that. She could have came to Jesus and said, it's all your fault. That's why he's dead. But she did not do that. She did not do that. Instead, in this situation, she came to the Lord. She brought her heartache to Jesus. And listen, and look what happened. Verse 22. Listen to her words. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to you. No doubt she was heartbroken, just distraught over her brother's death. But her faith was beginning to be more increased. Her trust in Jesus was beginning more stronger and stronger by every minute. Verse 23. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha, she's knowing knowing scripture. She said this, I know they shall rise again the resurrection the last day. But again, taking her a little further, strengthen her faith a little more. Uh, trying to get her trust a little deeper in the Lord. Listen, listen to what Jesus said, verse 25. Jesus said in her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Look, listen and look at her response, verse 27. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Her faith was becoming stronger. But in this moment, she had to come to Jesus with that concern, that that thing out of her control. She had to come closer to Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning to do just that. 
When you find yourself in circumstances and situations that are out of your control and those times of life where it just seems they're upside down, can I encourage you to do this? James 4, 8. Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Let those times bring you closer to the Lord. We desperately need the Lord. We need Him. So allow these times to bring you to Jesus. Look, what is it that you are facing this very moment? It may have taken you by surprise, but understand it has not surprised the Lord, not one bit. It may not have been part of your plan, but could it be, listen, could it be part, could it be part of His plan in your life? Because understand, in this moment, their plan was, Jesus, come down and touch my brother and heal him of his sickness. But Jesus' plan was this, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, meaning he was going to die. He's going to allow it to happen, but to show them greater things, greater things that they know not. It's hard sometimes to fathom that God has a greater purpose behind these things, but listen, God does. God does, and I believe one of the purpose behind this is this. It was a message of trust, trying to get these disciples, trying to get Mary and Martha to trust him more. So with your circumstances of life that are out of your control, bring them to Jesus and trust him more in those times. First, first Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your care upon him. Why? He careth for you. So whatever you find yourself in today, they're out of your control. Understand they're always in his control in you, my friend. Listen, church, you can trust him. You can trust him. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not thine own understanding. Jesus said this to his disciples, Mark eleven twenty two, 22, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Trust him. Trust him. Trust the Lord. All right. So as I look at this miracle here, I see a message, and I believe there's a message of trust. He's trying to get his disciples to trust him a little bit more. What else do we see? I see a message of hope. I see a message of hope here. Now, let me ask you a question. What has happened in this text? Uh, what has happened here? Well, what's happened here is Lazarus has gotten sick. And as a result of this sickness, we don't know what it was, but as a result of this sickness, Lazarus has died. So in our text, here's what's happened. Death has happened. And when death comes, it brings with it so many other emotions and thoughts. It brings with it sadness and grief. It brings with it hurt. And pain it brings with it so so many things with that uh, with death and I'll be the first one to tell you this morning that I listen I hate death I hate death I wish it didn't happen I wish it wasn't part of life but understand it's every bit a part of life and I'm not trying to be morbid this morning but I'm just trying to tell you the truth it's just part of part of life and if Jesus doesn't come back in our lifetime guess what we're all going to die all right. The Bible says this in Hebrews 9, 27, and as it's appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. There is an appointment with death unless Jesus returns and raptures us home, which, by the way, I'm looking for that, all right? As one preacher said, I'm looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker, amen, okay? But if he does not come back in our lifetime, we will all go by way of the grave, and death is something we'll all taste. And the subject of death is something that can be considered a very scary subject. Not many people like talking about it, of course. It can be frightful. 
Even the psalmist said this. David was a psalmist in Psalm 55, 4. He said, the terrors of death are falling upon me. Going through some great horrendous time in his life, he was afraid that any moment he could die. And Job, he said it this way as well. In Job 24, verse 17, for the morning is to them even as a shadow of death. If one know them, they are in the terrors of the shadow of death. Listen, death can be, if we're honest with ourselves, it can be a scary thing. But right even in the midst of death, here in our text, even after, listen, even after the funeral was over, after the body of Lazarus has begun to decompose, even as Martha said, by now he stinketh, all right? It's been already starting to decompose. Jesus gives a message of hope. Look at it again in verse 23. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall live again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Here speaking, of course, of eternal life. Eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Look at verse 37. Verse 37. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should have not died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee. Thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound with a napkin. Jesus said to them, loose him. And let him go. In the midst of this death, he brings a message of hope. I understand that death can be a very fearful thing. It's the last enemy of mankind, by the way. But I'm glad to tell you, because of Jesus Christ, he has overcome death, hell, and the grave. And as believers, we don't have to fear death. We don't have to. All because of Christ. Listen to these verses. Revelation 1.18 I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. We don't have to fear it. He has the keys of it. He's the owner of it. He's the resurrection and the life. We don't have to fear death any longer. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 through 22. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55 through 57. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of the sin of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto, here it is, listen, unto a lively hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. That's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 12 through 14. When Paul is speaking of a hope here, 
in, in 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, verse 12 to 14. When he speaks of a hope, when Peter speaks of a hope in 1 Peter 1 and verse 3. When I speak of a hope here, listen, understand something. He is not talking about a wishful thinking. He is not talking about cross your fingers and I hope it works out kind of hope. That's not what it is here. That's not the hope we're speaking of. No, our hope that we have in Christ is not a wishful prayer. Rather, it's an assured promise in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's overcome. He's the overcomer. He's the victor. He's the overcomer. He's overcome the grave. He's overcome death. And he has the keys to it all. So is death sorrowful? In this moment, were they just distraught and sorrowful? Yes. They were weeping. Martha and Mary, absolutely heartbroken and weeping. The other Jews that were around them at this time, they were weeping with her. And as Jesus saw their broken heart, guess what happened? Jesus wept also. There was a lot of weeping, a lot of sorrow. But in the midst of that, he gives a message of hope, a message of a promise, resurrection, and life. And that life is found in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 25 again. Excuse me. Verse 25 again. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Thank God there is a message of hope, and it's found in Jesus Christ. There's a message of trust. Listen, he's trying to stretch them a little bit, get their faith to grow in him more. And it's through this circumstance of life out of their control, but he gives them hope. And then last, I want to see this message. This message I believe we can see from this portion of Scripture is this. Number three, a message of love. Message of love. Excuse me. Look at verse 41. Look at verse 41, and we'll read down through verse 46 after I... All right. Look at it with me. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father... I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but I want you to circle this phrase. Look at it with me. Circle this phrase. But because of the people. Circle that. Underline it. Highlight it. Something. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. When he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believe on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus had done. Understand this miracle here was to show others that Jesus was more than just some prophet, more than just some teacher, more than just some moral man. Again, this miracle, like they all do, prove that he is the Christ, the Son of God. Prove yet again that he's God come in the flesh. And listen, he wanted everybody to know and see this truth. Why? Why do you want all the people to know? Why do you want all the people to see? Here's why. Simple. Because he loves them. He loves them. For God so loved the world. He loves them. And he wanted them. He wanted them to believe on him as their savior. 
He wanted them, them to believe on him as the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. He wanted them to believe on him because if they would, they would experience the same peace, no doubt, the same comfort that even these sisters could have as well. He wanted them to have that. But it all stems from his love. Look again at verse 42. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people. Because of the people. This is why he did it. Because of the love he had for people. And thankfully in this moment, in this text, there were people who did see it and did believe. Again, verse 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But sadly... There were others who would not believe. Verse 46. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Verse 47. Let's let's read on. Then gathered chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, You know nothing at all. Nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for that nation. And not only for that nation, that nation only, but that also he should gather together and one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth they took counsel together to put him to death. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence into a country near to the wilderness into a city called Ephraim. And there continued with his disciples. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple, What think ye, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it that they might take him. So in this moment, he loved all these people, including these Pharisees, who over and over and over would reject him. But there are some who accepted him. But nonetheless, he loved them all. This is a message of love here. He did it for the people so they could see who he is, see who he was, know who he is. He did it for the people. And I hope this morning you can see the love that God has for you as well as you read the word of God. I hope you know his love, his great love for you. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God committed his love toward us and that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Again, John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this that a man laid down his life for his friends. Listen, there is a message of love here. He loves you. He loves me. I'm thankful for the love of God in my life. And I hope you are as well. Listen, there's so much in this, in this, in this verse, in the verses in this uh, chapter. There's so much here. And this is barely scratching the surface of what God has for all of us in this chapter. But I hope you take from this chapter this morning, there's a few messages. It's a message of trust. Even when things are just upside down, out of your control, you can still trust Him. You can still trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And lean not thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Trust him. I hope you see there's a message of hope here as well. Jesus is the life. He is the resurrection. He is the Christ, the Messiah. He'll give you life as well. He's a life giver. Come to him. I hope you see also this message of love. 
He loved them so much. And listen, he loves you and I as well today. He loves, he loves us. But I wonder this morning, have you accepted that love? Have you accepted the free gift of salvation that is in Jesus Christ and him alone? Because that's where only salvation is. We've been going through the book of Galatians and Paul reminds us over and over again, it's not of works. It's not of the law. But it's only by faith. By grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Have you placed your faith in the Lord today? If not, please don't wait any longer. Trust Him. Trust Him as your Savior. And dear Christian, trust Him through your circumstances as well. Trust Him today. If nothing else, you get nothing else this morning, please take from this message and take from this text. You can trust Him. Please. Please.